read me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance Today's episode of Read Me Romance is brought to you by Sitting on the Toilet 5 Minutes After You're Finished Just to Be Alone. Hi guys, it's me, Tessa. It's Thursday. I hope everybody's having a great week. We're so close to the weekend, I can taste it. The finish line is within sight. I'm going to play the fourth installment of Swipe by Kennedy Ryan right now. Um, I know everybody's enjoying this one so much. It's amazing. Like, so romantic and like I love that unrequited love aspect it's just my crack so I'm gonna go ahead and get it started and I will catch up with you guys on the other side to say bye have fun chapter four Adam it's strange being back in Patrick's office not that I've been here that often we usually met in my office at Icon or for drinks in the city if we were far enough into a project to relax For eight years, we collaborated on some of the best-selling novels of all time. We were friends, too, and shared a lot of our personal lives. But not Miko. He didn't talk about it much. Maybe his possessive male animal instinct told him what I never did. That if he shattered things with his wife, I wouldn't hesitate to pick up the pieces. That I would have sacrificed our working relationship to pick up the pieces. That I would have sacrificed our working relationship to pursue her, if they'd ever fallen apart. Don't call her that. He'd said that to me once when I asked about Meek. No, he didn't even want to allow me that small intimacy. Smart man. Yeah, I think he knew. And yet, he neglected her. He abandoned her. Over the years, with every list he hid and every milestone he reached, he left her by inches. Even knowing she was gorgeous and that someone else would want her madly. He may have known about me, how I felt, But he also knew about Miko, that she would never betray him. Here it is, Miko says, extracting a thick rubber-banded sheaf of papers from a bottom drawer and plopping it onto Patrick's old desk. The hunter in me, the one always sniffing out his story, searching for the next masterpiece, perks up, tunes into the potential of the stack of yellowing papers. May I? I ask, my hand poised over the rubber band. Sure, Miko shrugs, but it's not careless. This book has introduced a new tension into the room, into her slim body. I haven't even read it. That gives me pause. And I look at her in disbelief, my fingers still resting on the manuscript. Not at all. Enough to know it's a novel. She pulls her bottom lip into her mouth, a motion that is nervous and seductive. And that is called Starlight. I glance down to the single word staring up at me from an otherwise blank top page. Patrick could be an entitled asshole who didn't know what he had in his beautiful wife, but he was also massively talented, and this is the only fresh, new thing we'll ever have of that talent. It's an intellectual inheritance for which I'll be the editorial executor. I give the first few pages a cursory glance, aware of Miko watching me read and biting her thumbnail. I don't think this is a novel, I say absently, drawn in by Patrick's distinctive writing style. Lush and generous prose in one phrase, acerbic and spare in the next. What do you mean? Miko frowns and half sits on the edge of Patrick's hulking desk. What else would it be? Memoir. I flick through a few more pages, my eyes sharpening over a section detailing the high school exploits of an awkward young man. 
Autobiography? You're kidding. Nico stands and leans close to read with me, her hair tickling my chin. I resist the urge to draw her into me and lose myself in the clean scent of her clothes, in the satiny stretch of shoulder and neck the damn sweater keeps revealing. Oh my god, Miko whispers, covering her mouth with one small hand. This is our wedding night. I go still, not wanting to accidentally read about Patrick making love to Miko. For one, it feels like an unconscionable invasion of privacy. For two, even after just one taste of her, reading the details of how he had her would drive a jealous stake right through my heart. Of course I know what happened, they were married. But I don't want to read about that shit. She flicks through more pages until she reaches something that makes her draw a sharp breath. She blinks back tears and flattens her palm to her forehead. Her face is strained and her lips tremble. No, she whispers. Shaking her head, her eyes shock-stretched, pain-filled. My first miscarriage. Your first? I ask softly, as kindly as I can. I had three. She clears her throat and clenches her hands into fists at her side. This chapter, this section talks about the first. She flips through the manuscript, scanning the pages swiftly until she reaches a section that makes her slow down. We meet him at Zapanos. She reads, glancing up at me through a canopy of thick lashes. Our minds click, and he's the brightest thing at Icon, but surely he doesn't think I miss it. How he watches my wife. How he covets her. In the silence that follows Patrick's words, exposing me from the grave, I have no defense. I did covet Miko. I never touched her. I never kissed her. I never even hinted that I wanted to. But in my heart, I wished I'd met her first. And all along, Patrick knew. I don't justify or deny, and she doesn't ask me to confirm. Do I even have to? Fire like what we felt in the kitchen isn't the kind that springs up suddenly. Those feelings were flames banked and suffocated, and tonight as soon as the air hit them, they exploded. Her gaze drops to the manuscript, and she flicks through a few more pages. A frown gathers over her stormy eyes. Bastard! she says, her voice vehement and wavering. How could... She doesn't bother finishing, but drops the page and walks away from the desk, to stare out the window at the quiet charm of Gramercy illuminated by street lamps. I pick up the discarded page, studying the printed words. I should stop. I have to stop. It would break Miko's heart if she knew. But here I am again, entertaining Starlight Motel's honeymoon suite. She's my temptation, my damnation, my downfall. Draped across the cheap comforter, naked and waiting, her body covered in yesterday's pages. The ones I balled up, tossed in the trash, she retrieved. Now they kiss her breasts and thighs and belly. My words have never looked finer. Motherfucker, I say, anger, bitterness, outrage on Miko's behalf, coiling like a snake in my stomach. Cheater. Entitled, yes. Egotistical, for sure. Impossibly gifted, of course. But cheater? It never occurred to me that he would betray Miko that way. Only a fool would, and I'd also never thought him a fool. God, Miko. I'm sorry, I say, walking over to squeeze her shoulder. She flinches like I've touched her with a hot poker. Don't. Her whisper is a broken sound, strangled in her throat. How could he? She shakes her head, her eyes unfocused on the street below. I gave him everything, 
she continues, as if talking to herself. I turned down opportunities early on because he wanted me close to home. I put him first. His career took off and our whole life revolved around his work, his books, his needs. And all that time he was... Maybe not all the time, I cut in. It could have been a short season, an indiscretion. Even once is unacceptable. Bitterness chokes her words like weeds in a garden. I was lonely in my marriage, Adam. And while I was asking myself what I had done wrong, what I could do better, how I could hold him when his art was his mistress, it wasn't. She was. A sob rips from her, shaking her slight curves. Shit, Meek. I gather her close and drop into an armchair facing the street, bundle her into my chest and let her cry. She's so soft and sweet, and there's a purity to her weeping, disillusionment in every wretched tear. It makes me want to rip Patrick's head off, but he's gone. I can't hurt him, and he's still hurting Miko. I'm not sure how long we sit there, sunken into the buttery leather cushions, framed by the sturdy wooden arms. When she's drained of all tears, she stirs against me, tucking her head into my neck and inhaling. You smell good, she says, her voice sad and cracked. I'm sorry about that, about all of this. I just don't know what to do with all these feelings. With this rage, I feel so helpless. I know. I smooth a swath of wavy hair back from her heated, tear-stained cheeks. I can't even imagine what you're feeling. I just... She runs a hand over the wooden arms of the chair holding us. He used to sit here all the time and watch the street. He said it cleared his mind. She scrambles off my lap, standing abruptly. I don't want anything of his touching me. She flees the office without another word. I follow more slowly and leave the stack of damning papers on Patrick's desk. She stands in the foyer, looking up at the puzzle of photos gracing the walk, pieces of memories imperfectly fitted together. I follow her line of vision to a photo taken on their wedding day, a black and white candid of them feeding each other cake. I still taste her, still feel her silky, willing flesh under my hands. I can't stand seeing them happy together, especially knowing he squandered her love when I would have cherished it. I would have cherished her. I'm gonna go, I say, biting the words out, resentment gnawing at my insides. Stupid, spoiled son of a bitch, Patrick. Okay. She looks up, her expression concerned, her eyes tentative. About earlier. We can forget if you want, I force myself to say, though it's the last thing I want to do. She's had a shock, discovered the worst betrayal possible. I can't expect her to just... Life is a cruel bitch sometimes, offering me a glimpse, a taste of what I've always wanted, only to snatch it back through no transgression of my own. I don't want to forget it, Adam, she says quickly, reaching up to touch my face. I'm confused, I'm thrown off, but I know I don't want to forget. Please don't think that. Relief buds in my chest, a tiny shoot in quicksand. I hear what she's saying, but I can't trust it right now. Take a few days and think about everything. I ignore the protest of my body, of my heart screaming that we've waited long enough, that she's ours, and we should claim her right fucking now before she changes her mind, before someone else takes her, before a damn apocalypse. If the universe would tease me with the taste of Miko only to steal it, who knows what kind of shit she has up her sleeve. After tonight, I'm convinced the universe is a woman. Come find me when you're ready for... 
I hover over the next words, not sure what they should be. When you're ready for whatever's next. She searches my face, her stare probing and poking at the mask I've pulled into place. But I show her nothing. This isn't about my feelings, nor about what I want, which is her and the chance we never had. This is about a devastating loss on top of a devastating loss. A loss of her illusions, of her memories, of her marriage and her husband all over again. What I want shouldn't be a factor. It can't. I'd always worry that anything we built too soon wouldn't be real, wouldn't last. She needs to sort this shit out without me panting all over her. And as much as it pains me, I'll give her the space to do just that. She finally nods and brushes at the wetness adorning the corners of her eyes. Okay, she says quietly. You're probably right. As badly as I want to yell that I'm not right, that Patrick was faithless and he's gone and the path forward for us is finally clear and we should walk it. I don't. I don't allow myself even another look at the wild hair tangled from my seeking fingers or the faint marks left by my stubble along her neck and shoulder. If I peeled her sweater back, I'd see those marks rigging the small, perfect breasts I only got to taste once. I walked down the steps without risking another look, and without saying goodbye, hoping this first time won't be our last. I'm back. What'd you guys think? Okay, so... Longshot and Blockshot by Kennedy Ryan are free on Kindle Unlimited right now. You should definitely click those because, um, as you can tell, if you've been listening to the podcast this week, she's incredible. And you can get those books, especially if you have Kindle Unlimited, like, no-brainer, right? Am I right? You can pre-order Swipe right now for ebook and uh, add Hookshot to your TBR on Goodreads. All those links are really handy in the episode description. And I'll be back tomorrow with Leah and Mel. Uh, We're going to have some fun combo about New Year's resolutions and all kinds of fun stuff. So make sure you tune in. In the meantime, we're probably communicating on the internet somewhere. (laughs) So we're never, we're never that far away. Love everybody. Have a great Thursday and um, see you tomorrow. Bye. Read me romance, read, read me romance, read me romance, read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind, and read me romance, read, read me romance.